Hi, I'm Noah Hardwick, and I write for Indie Vision Music, and I have Josh Clifton from the band Ravenhill on the phone. And uh, Josh, can you tell me what's new with Ravenhill? What's been going on? Well, first off, thanks for having me, Noah, and, and Indie Vision Music. Jeez, uh, so much has been going on. Um, where to start? Well, Ravenhill uh, put out Spirit. Uh, a couple months ago and as promised we said we're just going to start pumping out uh material so we've been uh in the studio doing our next ep and i think we're in the era of singles and eps and and occasionally you'll have uh artists um especially it's probably going to become fewer and far between as far as artists our size and and smaller uh putting out full-length records but uh I think we're going to start putting out EPs uh, pretty regularly. And here's our next one will be dropping August 3rd and it's called midnight gold. And, and we've been producing with, uh, um, with a buddy of ours who's now kind of joined our band. His name's uh Kalen Orr, and he was in a band called don't don't wake Aislinn and uh, in the past and uh, a band called fever youth. And he and don't don't wake Aislinn became Viridia, for you guys oh, that know okay. that. But uh, so but uh, um, we've been working with him since we moved here to Dallas and and relocated to Dallas and uh, he's he's been an amazing producer, an amazing guy. So with him at the ahead of it, we've been self-producing and 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 doing this EP called Midnight Gold, which uh, I think you guys are gonna dig. Yeah, so the first single on it is Bangarang, is that right? Banger Bangarang, yeah. You know, you've got to know what that's in reference to, right? I don't. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, how old are you, Noah? Uh, 28. Yeah, you should. You... Have you ever seen the movie Hook? No. You've never seen the Robin Williams, Peter Pan movie Hook? Hmm. I don't think I have. I... Oh, no. Uh, I, uh, so on a little slight tangent right now, <laughs> I'm going. I'm in the process of starting another podcast called You Haven't Seen dot, dot, dot. And it's like these this movie podcast where I meet people, much like yourself, Noah, and I go, you haven't seen Hook? And, 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 and then we're going to talk about it. We're going to go watch that movie, and then we're going to come back and see if it's still – if it's just good because I was the right age or the right, or the right time uh, for that movie to come out and, and see if it still holds up. But long story short, this, this song is a, uh, a reference to um, uh, the Lost Boys, loosely, uh, uh, from, the, from the Peter Pan folklore and um i was in the process of i mean i've i read it i wrote it written it i i'm great at english too uh i wrote it uh a while back and and never quite finished it and it was one of those things that we did a demo at dark horse back when we were in nashville and um it was always popping up in my head and and my son was like singing it a lot and he'd only heard it a couple times it's pretty crappy demo and I was like, I think there's something there, and our guitarist Mike goes, "That's the type of stuff that we need to be leaning towards. It's like stuff that's just those earworms or those good hooks and and stuff like that." So 
when it came to recording this, we have about 30 songs that are demoed and we were like, how are we going to pick which songs go where? And this is just one that kind of felt right. And so uh, when we were recording it, we found out that our, our drummer is a huge Peter Pan fan. And, uh, and I ended up uh, uh, using his help to, to, um, to, to name it. And we thought Bangarang was a cool, cool thing because that's what Rufio and the Lost Boys yell whenever they're going to war. Or it's almost like, yeah, or like, like yelling together a huzzah or whatever, <laughs> you know? So it's like a, a call to arms or a camaraderie type uh, uh, yell. So I guess this is like in the history of Ravenhill, this is a point where we're like really not, I mean, we've severed ties with, uh, with close speak records and, and, and we're no longer with them. And so this is going to be on our now, our own record label that we are partnering with several other artists called Honey Gold Records. And this is kind of us saying like, okay, let's do this together, you know? Yeah, so how did that come about? Uh, honestly, there was, I don't know if you've heard of a band called Least of These. Yeah, I have. But, uh, 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 so Johnny from Least of These and Eric from Least of These um, and Kaylin and I were all working together on this uh, Raven Hill EP. And we were like, man, we should, I mean, like we, we discuss, and this is the type of stuff that, bands like us discuss like the future of rock and roll and the mm-hmm. future of the music industry. And I just feel like, I mean, record labels are making money. The big record labels are making money. Don't get me wrong. Especially the ones that have been established for over 10 years are still making money. Uh, how they make their money is different now, but, but they're still making money. But um, for bands like us, like, uh, I don't know if it's common knowledge, but um, we almost signed to Tooth & L Records a while back, and and it just wasn't, it just didn't seem like the right fit. It, even though, like, the 17-year-old version of myself uh, would have signed, I mean, anything. They could have taken <laughs> uh, my soul and, and everything. But, it, I mean, and nothing against them. It just didn't seem like Raven Hill. Uh, and and truth to know, at the time weren't weren't the uh, where we needed to go. I'm not saying that that couldn't happen in the future or not bad mouthing truth to know. I still very much love truth to know records. It's just sometimes think partnerships aren't aren't where they need to be. And maybe I made a uh, maybe we made a mistake. But all that to say, um, when it comes to uh, the future of rock and roll and in the music industry, I feel like there is a um, I, I, the community and culture aspect is the future. Uh, bands working together, art artists working together, uh, trying to put out the best possible art and music and and films and and everything, and pushing the bounds of that. Um, and 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 that's what we're trying to do. So Honey Gold Records isn't necessarily a record label as much as it's a group of people that started off with four guys that. Uh, we're working on a project, which is Raven Hill, and said, oh, we could probably help a lot of other great bands do this that won't normally get talked to. And and, and the reason I brought up Tooth & Nail is like, uh, it's pretty well known that most record labels, and Tooth & Nail has actually said this publicly, that if you don't have 10,000 likes on Facebook, uh, unless of, there are always exceptions to the rule, you almost never get a record deal. 
Mm-hmm. And and that's because they want to see that their investment is going to uh, – uh, there is there's something worth investing in. And and I get that. No, I mean, that's just good business practice. But there are so many rad bands uh, trying to navigate through this uh, social media-driven uh, world that I mean, let's be honest. Raven Hill has just shy of three thousand likes on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I don't. I know that we've played across North America in front of. I mean, our biggest show was over three thousand. I, I could tell the majority of those people loved it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they don't count in everybody and most people's eyes, and sometimes even in our eyes, it, it's a bummer that sometimes we look at that like on Facebook and go. Oh, that's how many people like us. And that's not necessarily true. They just didn't go to their app and hit a button. Right. And so, and so because of that, we, uh, in our own self doubt and, and, and others that look at us, uh, go, Oh, they're, they're lesser because of that. And, and so we want to put less, um, focus on that. We want to put less focus on, on, um, whether we can even make money off the project. And we want to go, Will the world be better because of uh, this art being in the world? And are we pushing the bounds? And and are we doing something different? Are we learning? And 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 go forward with that. So that's what Honey Gold Records is. And 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 for those of you that that haven't checked out Bangarang, you can currently go to www.honeygoldrecords.com and sign up for the pop-up window. Should have a um, uh, a newsletter. And you will get an email with uh, with our new single for free. So, yep, I went and downloaded it today. I hope I hope I oh did you? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I hope I didn't ramble too much there. I apologize. Uh, that's all right. You answered like pretty much all the things I had written down. So, <laughs> actually, I did have one more though. Uh, you Good. mentioned that uh, it's not like a, a normal record label. And one of the things I noticed when I was over there downloading the new single is that y'all have a section for podcasts. Yeah, and we are. If anything, we have already more established uh, the podcast side of of Honey Gold Records more than anything. Um, just because, I mean, let's be honest, you and I, this what we're doing could have been a podcast. Oh, like totally. It could be a uh, you just hit record and you talk, and it's like the easiest way to put out authentic stuff. I mean, you you could edit the crap out of this, or you could just be like upload it like put your tag on the front and mm-hmm. in maybe a little bit of whatever and 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 clean it up and put that that bass in my voice and <laughs> um and and make it sound like radio or or yeah. whatever and that's the easiest product so podcast wise uh i don't i haven't even i haven't even put this out there really a whole lot but uh yesterday i recorded the first uh young blood podcast in in two years uh-huh. and and that will be back out uh, probably next week, and and we'll start doing that. And then I have that uh, within the next uh, several several months. I'll do that that podcast I mentioned earlier. You haven't seen, and then um, and then we have another podcast that's not on iTunes for some weird reason, but it's everywhere else, and it's called The Hive, and it is the honey gold records podcast basically it's the four of us with friends and people we're working with um talking through business talking through spiritual stuff talking through uh everything and sometimes it's just 
it's almost as if you put a microphone in the middle of uh, a whole bunch of dudes trying to figure out life and running a record label and making art and their own insecurities and and trying to be there for each other and stuff like that all and us not even realize there's a microphone there sounds entertaining sometimes it does it is funny i will say that there's funny and entertaining i will say not all of us are in the same place and we even talk about it there i want to i want to let people know some people cuss on this podcast and it's because not all of us are in the same area uh, in our belief system and so, but we talk about that even in that sense. Like, uh, there's a funny bit where my wife, uh, my wife listened to the first episode, and um, we beeped out anybody that said the f word because the f word is said. And it's uh, and my wife goes, ah, it's funny, but maybe, like, I think that that's going to lose some listeners. And I go, well, I mean, this is just us being honest. And then I even jokingly said, like. And I didn't cuss, like almost like I was in trouble or whatever. <laughs> like, Mom, I didn't cuss. And um, and we even talk about that. We talk about that in the following episode where we're like, you know, it's like we we could we could limit ourselves. But I mean, like the number one thing we want to do is, is Honey Gold Records isn't necessarily a Christian label. So we're going to be working with all kinds of people. But it's just a bonus that we are going to look for the best christian art out there because something that's on our hearts is the fact that sometimes we feel like christian art whether it's movies music or whatever is viewed by everyone as a lesser Mm -hmm. thing and so our goal is to put out the best art and 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 then if if we can find with a gear towards like if we can find christian art that's awesome and boundary pushing uh that's that's a bonus to us because we want people. I literally had, dude, I literally had a girl uh, I bumped into two days ago and because she was going to a Smashing Pumpkins concert and I was so envious. I was like, I'm so <laughs> envious of you could see Smashing Pumpkins because like that's one of those bands I've always wanted to see but never saw. And and uh, she uh, she we, we chatted and she said, oh, you're in a band. That's awesome. And I, I, I told her, check it out. And she messaged me. We became friends on Facebook. And she messaged me and she goes, uh, hey, I, I'm not normally into Christian rock, but your your band's awesome. Or jamming or something like that, you know. And I it bothered me mm-hmm. because the part of me was like, oh, no, like, like, uh, and my wife got onto my case for this. Like, I, I go, oh, I, I'm just bummed because like, she says, it's almost like, hey, for Christian Rock, you're pretty good. Um, and and I'm, my own insecurities is probably reading into that. But, um, and that's what basically what my wife was saying. But what I'd love to say, I wanted to say was, well, I don't necessarily consider myself a Christian band. Like, I definitely do sing about Christian beliefs because mm-hmm. that's, I, I can't separate that from my personal life. But I'm also, not, I mean, if... I'm sure you have noticed, Noah, and, and if anybody's, if anyone's listened to Ravenhill, you know that sometimes our lyrics are about pretty dark things, and uh, just because that's what I was writing about, not because I had some agenda of like I got to put Jesus's in uh, uh, enough Jesus's per minute so people will uh, Christian people will buy it, and that's not my goal. I'm just writing about my life, and sometimes that life is as dirty 
as the person next to me, uh, whether, regardless of what their belief is. And I'm just being honest about that. doesn't mean I want to glorify the darkness. And I do want to glorify like the hope in life and, and the hope in, in the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I'm not always there when I write a song or when I write art. And, um, and it was just kind of a bummer. Uh, like in my head, I was kind of like, ah, man, like, now I gotta. I want this girl to come see us live and sh- right. and show her that like that not all like she's put us in this category that I don't necessarily think uh, there should be a category, right. but like she's put us in this category that like oh well it's Christian music good for him you know almost, and and that's not where I want to be. Yeah, so. I get that that feeling from a lot of artists and even fans of Christian music and stuff is that they kind of want to get away from like the the Christian industry, like they just want to be able yeah. to be a Christian and make music without having to be part of a whole industry based on selling stuff to Christians. And, uh, it's right, really hard right. to do. <laughs> it is real hard to do whenever you're kind of vocal about, I mean, like, cause like, I don't, I mean, I'd like to think this is going to sound kind of boastful. I'd like to think I've never been shy of what I believe is believe in. Right. Like I want to be bold in who I am in Christ. At the same time, I don't want to be bold enough to where I'm, forcing it down other people's throat to have chosen not to believe that way. Yeah. And, and, and I hope that we can still me and that person who the media and life has told us that we're not supposed to be able to get along, that we could get along and have mutual respect for each other. I don't know why I mean, I'm, I've said this on several so I don't, uh, interviews, so I'm not trying to like regurgitate the same thing, but I'm just tired of Christians holding non-Christians to a standard and mm-hmm. being real surprised whenever they don't live according to their own standards, um, uh, whenever it's clear that, like, we're not, I mean, like... I mean, we struggle to hold those same standards, so it's, like, really, really hypocritical to expect them to hold the same standards, so... (laughs) Yeah, you're right, you're right. And, and, you know, what I wanted to tell her was, like, hey, uh, you know, on record, Billy Corgan's a Christian, Mm -hmm. but no one calls his music a Christian, Christian band, even though some of his songs... Since he became a Christian, uh, mm. talk about God, and uh, but he's not a Christian artist, and that's a bummer, right? Because because he had songs that had that swore and talked about uh, him hating God in the beginning of his career, mm-hmm. so he kind of avoided the whole stigma, uh, and he got popular. Let's be honest, he got real popular during that time. So that's when they think about Smashing Pumpkins or even Billy Corgan, they think about that Billy Corgan and not the Billy Corgan we have today, who is as far as I still know, and you know, I'm not keeping tabs, but is still considers him a blood, blood bought Christian, you know? Um, and, and he, and so it's funny. Uh, it was kind of funny knowing that I was talking to someone that our mutual respect for and love for Smashing Pumpkins is what made us become friends in the first place. But um, I'm held at a different standard as an artist because I am not as well known as him and I am very much, she could obviously when she listened to our music, heard the Christian influence right. and thought, Oh, this is a Christian band and not a real band. <laughs> so yeah, there's some, uh, and, and I want to apologize to everyone. I'm not complaining. It's just, a, it's just, it's going to be the struggle for, for anyone that has a belief and is trying to push the boundaries or doesn't want to find God. I mean, like I find my identity in Christ 
And so I guess I shouldn't be so mad that when they look at my art, they mm-hmm. see Christ. No, no it, I mean, that should be a compliment, I guess. <laughs> exactly. And, that, and I understand the paradox of what I'm arguing here. I, I want to reflect Christ for sure, but I want to reflect the, the greatest things about Christ, like the love, the agape, unconditional love and respect. And I mean that, and I don't want to do all the negative. I don't want to reflect all the negatives that Christians have put on Christ Mm -hmm. that the world perceives. And that's the thing. Like, I would love that if everybody, if this woman, that this girl, I should say woman, she's woman, I guess. Uh, (laughs) And, um, and she, when she sees, when she sees Christian, she sees it as a negative thing because she had to put that in her message, like that caveat mm-hmm. of like, I don't normally like Christian music, but you guys are pretty jamming or whatever. And um, and that was a, I don't normally like this negative thing, but you guys are are somewhat the exception at least at the very at the very least. And um, and uh, uh, what I would love for that to say something along the lines of like, I love that. I'm finding Christian bands that are doing good art and changing the way that uh, that Christians have been doing a bad job at loving people for the last 30, 40, maybe 50 years. That's what I want to, that's what, whenever they hear that I'm a Christian, I want them to go like, holy crap, I could have listened to this, never known you're a Christian, uh, except that if I would dug in, I guess the lyrics, that's the problem is like, yeah. I'm pretty straightforward <laughs> in my lyrics, but 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 all, they'd have to be pretty daft to not know that I guess and and that's my that's why I think it's kind of dumb that I'm even making this argument. But that I'm not I'm not breaking any I'm not breaking any grounds. The artists have been dealing with this since Keith Green. Mm-hmm. I did have one question for you, man. I don't know how long you wanted to go with this, but um, uh, I was thinking about this because I knew that this was going to be this was on my mind. I mean, I literally started thinking about this this morning because that girl sent me that message over Facebook mm-hmm. this morning. Um, but uh, and I haven't thought this out, but like, what's the last Christian record that wasn't a great Christian record, but was the uh, like uh, you think was a trend setting and got the uh, the appropriate, um, uh, I guess, attention not only by Christians but by by the uh, the secular industry, I mm. guess, or the mainstream industry uh, that pushed the bounds in art. Like, who <laughs> is has there been one in twenty years? Um, man, it. I don't know. I. It, it's very rare problem, it? to see a band anymore that is starts like in the the Christian side of things and goes, you know, into the more mainstream side of things. Uh, and then either and then either just, you stay in the Christian, everyone or, go like, holy crap, yeah. you know. I mean, hmm. That's interesting, right? I mean, I guess you too would be one of the uh, yeah. one of them. I mean, they they they've always considered themselves I mean, Christians, and they were trend setting. I mean, you, you could say maybe considered Twenty One Pilots. I mean, they never really dabbled on the Christian side much, but I know that they. No, I, I I give them credit for sure, for sure. They they are. A great band putting out great music, and they have their own sound. I'm not saying yeah. they're pioneers in that sound, but they have their own sound to the point, and and people care. 
and they put it in a way where it's pretty well known, although mm-hmm. maybe not uh, all their fan base knows this, but like they're pretty well known as a Christian Christian guys, mm-hmm. at least wholesome guys and positive guys, but Christian guys, and they're making great art. You're right. That's a good one, I actually think. Um because in some people's mind, they are trendsetting. They are yeah. changing. And even in my own, I, I, I hopped on to that, the, their band kind of late, uh, later, um, because, you know, you know, I don't know. It just flew. I knew who they were, but they flew below the right, radar right. for me. But it was, it was always funny to me to, when I, I think I started listening to them because I heard the song House of Gold and, and I thought that was such a neat song. And uh, I, I think I vividly remember driving to Lifelike Fest in, in uh, Sioux Falls and, and listening. Someone played that song in the van, and I was like, okay, this is a rad band. And actually, who it reminded me of was uh, Mike Maines and the Branches. And, and so that, to me... Yeah, oh, that, thought, that song, oh, I could see that. Yeah, that song specifically, when I heard that song, I go, oh, is this Mike... Did someone... Not tell me Mike Means dropped a new <laughs> record and because we're such good buddies of theirs and and I love that man uh, and, and I love that whole band so mm-hmm. much and but me and Mike like have been friends for a while and so like I very much follow his career and think he's he's one of those talents man that like you know there are a handful of artists out there that like I think should be making music for a living and if I had all the money in the world I would say I don't even care if you if we make money on this I just need you to keep making music because it's important Mm -hmm. i mean like i think that like he is a modern day like i mean i I don't know like i feel like we have a bunch of modern day elvises and beatles and bob dylan's and and david bowie's and and led zeppelin's that aren't getting the attention and so whenever i see somebody that is like that i want to make sure they continue to make uh music and some of those unfortunately have have not made as much music as I'd like them to because because life happens. You yeah. get older I mean, and you get discouraged or whatever, you it's know? It's been a while since we've gotten a, a good album from Mike Maines. I mean, he did the Christmas album. That's probably the highest praise I can give to Mike Maines is the fact that I listened to his Christmas album because I normally wouldn't listen to anybody's You're Christmas a- music. So. <laughs> Well, uh, Honey Gold Records is working on a Christmas, Christmas comp with a bunch of bands, uh, so at least give that one one playthrough. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it one listen. I, don't, I won't promise anything okay, more than thanks. that. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Did you listen to the Raven Hill uh, Christmas song last year that we gave away for free? Um, I'm going to say I, I didn't because did. I don't remember it. Okay. Well, it'll, we'll probably re-release it again this year uh, or promote it. Uh, on that thing but that's one of my favorite favorite things i've ever recorded because we did it in such a long a short time it's called a fairy tale in new york no nope. uh, it doesn't uh, ring a bell <laughs> yeah and to me we recorded it all one day and we we just could not believe it, it was the first thing we did with kaylin and as a producer and uh i was just so pleased with that thing i mean and 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 i didn't know that anybody really dug it like it was pretty we released it pretty late in the year I think with like three weeks left in the year or something like that. And uh, because it was the last second thing and, and he, uh, Kalen did such a good job with it. And I was literally up at audio feed and someone goes, Oh, d- you guys got to re-release that, that fairy tale New York on that comp. Like it was, that was like one of the best Christmas uh, covers I've ever heard in my life. And I was like, what? So that got me excited about all this Christmas stuff again. And I'm a guy, 
I'm a pretty staunch rule. Like I don't listen to Christmas music until the day after Black Friday. I'm, but, uh, I agree with um, you. Yeah, because I think it gets too much. It takes away from Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's 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 aug- the end of August whenever you start seeing Christmas stuff everywhere, and it's stupid. Yep. So, um, so I'm usually pretty staunch against that. But once uh, once Black Friday hits, I'm ready to hit that play button and and uh, get in the Christmas spirit. But, but uh yeah man well uh you you have any other questions for me I, i'm enjoying this for <laughs> yeah sure. uh let's see i did was gonna ask uh the your new single uh bangerang is it gonna be on spotify yes. apple music at some point yeah it'll probably be on there next week cool i don't know when i don't know when this goes up but it, but roughly a, a week before the uh the album comes out we'll put out some type of uh either pre-order or at least that a single version of that will be out and then it'll it'll be out in the whole record and that record's got six songs on it and we it was only supposed to have five and then we uh i mean this tells you how kind of this is what i love about this this community we dropped the record we dropped the single literally two days ago with our with our buddy eric jones who is one of the four guys running this thing but he was like hey i got the single should we drop it i was like yeah let's do it <laughs> and we just dropped it i did the cover art for it real mm-hmm. quick and we just put it online and it was up there in in 48 hours so you can actually go listen it's very it's very in the vein of the 1975 and um kind of, and it's just pop goodness and and it's called better love so eric jones better love i'm plugging that right now but that's what i love about this thing that we're doing we're not, and and there might be labels. If anybody from a record label is listening to this thing, they're going, uh, they're probably going to think we're stupid. But we don't have a whole lot of like, oh, we need three weeks uh, mm-hmm. or three months to put this record out, blah blah blah, and do it the right way, and all the pieces need to be ordered. We don't have that much invested monetarily in it. So we're we realize that our job is to cultivate a culture that cares. Our Honey Gold Records crew, uh, our, our community. And, and we, we hope that we put out good enough art that when we say, Hey, we just dropped this thing. You should go check it out. That there's enough people that care about that thing and that art that they'll at least give it a try, you know? And, um, and so, uh, I guess I can announce this, but we signed our first, uh, band that is not one of the four uh, involved with one of the four guys that's, that's running this Mm -hmm. label. So, uh, on this label, we have, uh, Raven Hill. We have Eric Jones. We have a uh, Rebel. Rebel Black is a is a uh, side project that I and uh, some of the guys, especially Johnny Gore from Least of These, that we're going to be working on some stuff. And then, um, and then we have a band called Words, which is basically what um, what uh, Least of These was, but now it's kind of it's called Words. And then. Um, but we signed a band called city of Auburn and city of Auburn is very much like we're excited. This is what we consider our biggest release of the year. And so we are giving it that treatment of like, okay, we have all this content. Uh, how are we going to release this? We got music videos for it's a four song EP and we got music videos uh, for all of them and, and how are we going to do this? And so we've been, they recorded with Matt Goldman and, and so it's one of these things where we're going to give the proper, um, uh, uh, I guess, treatment, label mm-hmm. treatment. 
but just because they're a band from from Dallas that um, is fairly new. Like they only have like 700 likes on Facebook, so no label will really talk to them, mm-hmm. and that's that sucks for them because yeah. they're good enough to be on any label. Uh, and this this record, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it and review it. But uh, um, but this record's phenomenal, and um, and it's like one of those things where like it sucks for them, but it's great for us because we get this great band and we can be a stepping stone label for them and help them uh, put this thing out where they, uh, and fill in the gaps to where they may not know. And, and we're able to, to uh, build that community and show that we're not putting out just any band that'll work with us. We're putting out, we're actually being pretty selective of who we work with Mm -hmm. Uh, because especially at the beginning. Now we will, I'll take that back. We will work with anybody, but who we put that honey gold record uh, emblem on is we're pretty selective um, just because we got to make sure, especially in the first like dozen releases that we are making the best possible art mm-hmm. and, and we can't, we, I, I don't want to fall into any traps of like, well, this is what's making money. So let's put this out. And that's not what we're trying to do. And honestly, if there's any bands out there that think you, you need some help, Hit us up. You can do Josh at HoneyGoldRecords.com. Email me, and you will. Uh, I will start talking to you, because we don't think that we have it all figured out. But we do think that there's great art out there that needs our help that we could help put out. That you're not going to get the normal record label um, uh, attention from or other record labels' attention because uh, they're they're good businesses and they want to make money. And us, we don't even charge right now. I mean, if we record you, if we produce you. We pay for our time in that sense, but we don't even charge to work with us. We just, if you have good art, we're going to do our best to help you out. And, and, but all that to say, the reason I started telling you that is because it was supposed to have five songs on this EP, on this uh, Midnight Gold Raven Hill EP. And on the last day of doing vocals, I showed, I was, I picked up the guitar and showed Kaylin this like acoustic idea. I was like, eh, if we want to throw like a bonus thing in there, we could do this. And he goes, we got to do that song. So this became a, a full-fledged song that I actually think now is the best song on the record. So, uh, and it's called Howl. And I can't wait for you guys to hear that. So, All right, One more question and I'll let you go. You're, yeah, man. Uh, you did an EP back at the beginning of the year, something uh, around there that was uh, the Spirit EP that had the, the acoustic uh, versions and a couple of B-sides on it. And then uh, you mentioned yeah. that back at the beginning. And then now you're doing another EP. Something that uh, I heard, I think it was on the Jesus Freak Hideout podcast I was listening to. The host was saying that he, like, 2018 feels like the year of the EP. That, like, and I was going back yeah. and looking through all the, the bands I've listened to this year. And, like, it's true. Like, about nine out of the 10 favorite albums I have are EPs, not albums. So, uh, right. is that, you think, a growing trend in the music industry right now to go to the EP model? I think it is, man. I mean, like, uh, because for me, I would rather put out, um, I mean, like we were almost thinking about doing two songs, like put out two mm-hmm. songs every like two months, like a song a month and do some type of Patreon to where, because we're trying to navigate this thing. But once again, uh, I'd rather people listen to our music than, and then give us money, honestly. Like, uh, that's, uh, my, my, pocketbook and my bills and everything hate that I say that but at the end of the day I think we're making good enough art that like I don't want it to be I don't want it to ever be like what will make money Mm -hmm. um but 
financially, it makes sense for me to, to spend $2,500 to do a four or five song EP and, um, and put it out uh, every six, put one out every six months. That mm-hmm. way, every six months, uh, a fan of Raven Hills, like love uh, is excited about new, new content. And instead of me going, I mean, let's, uh, let's look at uh, Raven Hills past. We did a, we did soul and that was like, what, four years ago. Yeah. Uh, maybe three and three years ago. I don't know. Uh, and we did that and that was on, we put it out and then we had to take it back because we were talking to different labels and they asked us to like hold up mm-hmm. and, and there was just a real long process. And then eventually we got that out and then, and we didn't know what to do next. Like we were on a, a, a label trying to figure out, navigate that. And, uh, they were working with several other artists. And so we got kind of put on the back burner. So we just kept playing shows, you know, we were like, Oh, we'll just keep playing live and tour like crazy. But then people were like, when's new music coming? And the crazy thing is we were demoing the entire time. And I'm not even kidding, man. Like, like we got 30 songs that we know for sure we want to put out, mm-hmm. but we probably demoed a hundred songs like in the past, like four years <laughs> that I feel like, could and it could have been on records and so because of looking at that, that model and one day brady and i were were driving brady my brother in the band uh we're driving to tennessee and we talked about uh the how the beatles it blew my uh, blew my mind that the beatles were only active for like nine years and they put out that much content and so they had this revolving door of like tour put out a record spend a month in the studio tour put out a record spend a month in the story. and so they were putting full-length albums out every six months and and that's crazy and i go what is the equivalent of that in today's day and age like everyone everyone streams music but when we when we did so we bought uh i think ten thousand cds and we still have like two thousand left and <laughs> and and so like it's it's like one of those things where we're just like, I mean like no one buys CDs anymore. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, uh, do you have a YouTube or do you have this? And that's fine. I mean we'll probably still make a handful. We will not make ten thousand <laughs> midnight gold EPs. I mean like it took us four years to three years to get rid of eight thousand of them. So um, and I don't even know if that number's accurate. There might be four thousand in there. I don't know. But all that to say, um, but but uh, we felt like if we put out an EP every six months, that seems like a viable, as long as the art is still good, like that is something that if I was a fan, if a band that I was a fan of was doing that, I'd be excited. Yeah, no, I like, I'm excited. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm glad you are. And the idea is like for a while there, we weren't even going to make physical copies, but there's still those people out there, especially in the Christian Mm -hmm. uh community that love cds still and so we don't want to uh oh we want to cater to anyone that wants our music and so um i mean and the goal is like within the next year to even put soul out on vinyl and and uh and then whenever we get enough songs that fit on a vinyl whether uh like this midnight gold ep i think it'd be cool if like in six months we put out another ep and side A is Midnight Gold on a vinyl, and whatever the next EP is called on the on the uh, side B. I just think that'd yeah, be that, so cool like to that. start doing that. Mo- 
like and it had like the covers of both of the EPs on each side, mm-hmm. so it almost looked like it almost looked like two separate albums, yeah. which it would kind of be. But but it's... maybe that's a way to kind of cater to or cater to this like ever changing, uh, uh, I guess, industry or, or or the way people take in music. Because at the end of the day, I buy vinyl. I have a ton of vinyl actually. I collect vinyl, and that's probably my biggest like weakness is like walking <laughs> by a good looking vinyl shop and and going, all right, there goes all my per diem for for the tour or <laughs> this or that. Um, and and I listen to the vinyl. But on a regular basis, if I listen to music, it's through my phone. Yeah. And so, and it has to be an intentional, I'm going to sit down, read a book, listen to this record or this or that, you know? And so for the most part, those vinyl, those records are just a tangible thing that proves that I like this band more than a digital thing on my phone. And, and I'm okay with that because if I like the vinyl enough, if I like the band enough, I mean, uh, in the album enough, I love, I know that like, I hope, um, let's say Noah. Let's say you like uh, Ravenhill enough to to get, stream it on uh, Spotify or uh, Apple Music or even mm-hmm. Pandora, and then I hope that album moves you enough, or even this new one, Midnight Gold, moves you enough to where like, oh, they put it on vinyl. I mean, I'm still going to probably listen to it mostly, but I want to support that band, and it'd be cool. It looks cool, and it, and I have this tangible thing, and I can look at the liner notes now, and I can look at this and that. I hope that people care about that enough to spend. I mean, let's be honest. Like you, you're, if you're, if you buy, let's say you buy the digital copy, it's like five to ten dollars, and then, and then you you spend twenty twenty five dollars for a vinyl. I mean, you're spending roughly around thirty uh, thirty thirty five dollars, and maybe one time you'll buy a shirt or a sticker mm-hmm. or whatever. And let's say the equivalent of per release, like you're spending forty to fifty dollars. That helps a stand out like you wouldn't believe yeah. but, uh, uh, whether that's going to see a show and paying for a ticket price too um and that's what you would what that's what i would hope is like people love us enough that they go oh well anything this band puts out i'm going to at least give it a try and hopefully uh invest in this because every record that's bought is a better chance of us putting out another one so uh, or putting I think we a have a couple miles down the road. Very similar uh, opinions on how to, you know, how we consume music. That I don't do the vinyl thing, but I still enjoy CDs. Um, although yeah. I, I just actually got a record player, so that may change. You know, we'll find out. But uh, hey, look, welcome, yeah, welcome to <laughs> listen. Coffee, uh, vinyl, and tattoos are all very like addictive things that I yeah. can't get rid of. Uh, like I can't get enough of. Like. You get one, and you think. I I imagine that's how my my son London is with Pokemon. You get one Pokemon, <laughs> you gotta go get them all, and 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 that's the best best way for me to to connect with like ten year old kids. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, these are like tattoos, vinyls, and coffee. I want I want it all. But the way, I mean, I listen to pretty much everything on Spotify, and even if I buy it, you know, a yeah. physical copy, I'm probably still going to end up listening to it on Spotify most of the time. But uh, right, right. I don't mind buying the physical copy if it's an mu- album that, you know, I find like I'm listening to this album like, you know, a couple of times a week. I'm going to be like, you know what? I need to support this band. I'm going to go buy that album and maybe a T-shirt or something. Um, I have done that less this year, but I'm honestly chalking it up to the fact that almost all the stuff I've listened to have been EPs and there aren't there right. are physical copies of them, you know. So, uh, <laughs> right, I've actually it, only bought well, I think one album this year, which is kind of a, a low low number of albums for me. But 
it's the way the year's been. So, <laughs> right, right, and 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 that's uh, number one on behalf of all bands that are trying to uh, navigate this, buddy. I appreciate you and your support because I think you are a, uh, an actual music lover and a good music supporter. And if everybody that likes, I mean, everyone likes music. They're just not intentional mm-hmm. um, about supporting music. And I think you are. And so, I mean, I've seen your name pop up on enough podcasts and, uh, and message boards and, and, and being mentioned. And, and I listen to all those podcasts. Yeah. I listen to Jesus freak hideout. And, and I remember him saying like the year of the EP and, and I remember even like I was mowing the lawn and I want to say it's in the most recent episode or maybe where he goes, yeah, like you, he mentioned a listener, Noah, said <laughs> that they were wrong about like maybe a Carrie Job record or somebody. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was like, that's gotta be Noah Hardwick. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. I love that. Because you've made yourself, congratulations, man. You've made yourself a name for loving music and knowing about music. And I think that's admirable. Uh, even if it's just to me. I mean, like, uh, maybe no one else is realizing that. But I've got to believe that someone else is. I also don't think that most people, most bands, uh, if we're talking about, ba- let's talk about bands that like that Indivision music and, and Jesus Freak Hideout mm-hmm. uh, cover the bigger names like Skillet and Disciple. And I'm not definitely, I'm definitely not putting Raven Hill on the same <laughs> level as them. Uh, uh, I wish I had the problems, uh, the, the, uh, not the problems, but like the, the, the fan base. They, yeah. They the, have a, the Facebook all likes. Those have, yeah. Yeah. Those likes. <laughs> uh, I wish I had that validity. No, I mean, uh, no, honestly, like, but I guarantee they don't, Maybe they do, but they don't listen to to every every podcast that they might be mentioned in or that that might mention their friends. And I do, I do on a on a regular basis. I listen to um, to uh, like you know the Rock and a Hard Place podcast, mm-hmm. and I listen to um, uh, the Jesus Freak Hideout podcast on occasion. Um, uh, especially if it's like a topic I want uh, I want to know uh, know about or, or or care about, and then uh, uh, it's interesting to me. And it's probably because I do I do podcasts mm-hmm. and I do I, I I interview similar people that they talk about. So so and it's just nice to know where the market's going on all spectrums. I also listen to the Rolling Stone podcast and. I listen to a podcast on uh, the Turned Up podcast. Uh, have you listened to that? I uh, don't think it so. Has Jake jo- Jake Jones and Robert Venable. That is uh, um, uh, Jake Jones from from We as Human and As We Ascend. Same. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like one of the best music podcasts out there, hmm. and he's a, a good buddy of mine. And you need to check that out. I mean, it's it's basically. Um, and it's like I said, like one of the most popular music podcasts on iTunes. So you should check it out. I will. But it, but all that to say, like, uh, congratulations! You've 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 managed <laughs> to get at least this this guy to notice that whenever they even mention Noah, I go, oh, that's Noah Hardwick for sure. Well, thanks. I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. I think because that means you're 
you're actively being a part. You're more than a listener. Right, right. Yeah. And that's 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 what music used to be. Music in the '90s, whenever I was like uh, uh, an adolescent trying to figure out what music even was, um, I noticed like some people were obsessed with music and wanted to go that further step, even if they couldn't make it. Mm-hmm. They wanted to be around it. You had people that used to travel along with the Grateful Dead or their favorite bands and just go to every show because they wanted to be around it. And almost because we were talking mm-hmm. about Grateful Dead, I almost wanted to say like, because they wanted to be around it, man. You know, <laughs> like, but, uh, but, uh, um, but they were active supporters. The reason that band was so big because they built, they had this culture around it. And it was like a revolution to that culture. Um, and, and that's another ba- That's another question is like, when was the last band that had a culture around it? And I dare say it was probably Insane Clown Posse. Yeah, like, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and like, you know, you can identify uh, someone that, that loves that crowd, the gathering in Illinois and all that, which I grew up like 30 minutes from. And so uh, we always heard horror stories about that, especially as a youth group kid. Like, <laughs> we just sit there and pray for them. <laughs> but uh, uh, but you, they they knew how to cultivate mm-hmm. a an audience, and enough to where they 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 would put these big hatchet man stickers on the back of their car, and you go, oh, insane clown posse fan right there. Like they were very identifiable. Yeah, they- and. And because of that, they were able to, I mean, they're probably rolling in though right now because they know how to do that. And I'm not saying, I don't even know if their art's any good. Um, but They know how to but, build uh, a, a community, a culture. A brand and yeah. a community, yeah. And and I remember watching a short documentary and, know, and seeing like, see, what fascinated me was not their music, but the idea that everyone at that, um, uh, at that gathering or if, I guess if you saw, they called them uh, each other juggalos, I guess. Mm-hmm. If you saw another juggalo, um, and you, I don't know, there was like some identifiable feature about them that like they knew each other were, like you were family. And that fascinated me. Even at a young age, I was sitting there going like, oh, that's crazy. Like, like as debaucherous uh, uh, in my eyes, as debaucherous or like crude as that lifestyle was, that was that was the norm for them. That's where they wanted to rest their head in that mm-hmm. that that culture. And for me, I'd be like, "Oh man, this is weird," you know. But uh, but that's they did the right thing. They they made a place where people like them could feel safe. And and I think that's the future of the, of the music industry is trying to find your audience, not uh, not um, not pandering to all the things that you're not. Mm-hmm. But finding your audience, and and that I think will naturally grow as you uh, as you go forward. I, I want to say that like that's what that's the future of music. Working on the small audience, and and having a good like home base, and and the internet has allowed us to do that with connected people worldwide. Yeah, yeah that's and so I'm, I'm that's what I think Gold Records can do, that, and that's the future of Ravenhill. How international things are now that i you know i can't imagine a small band being able to have an international audience you know even 20 years ago and now it's like you know 
you could just be a band that's only got 500 likes on, on Facebook, but you might find out that three of those are in some country in another continent, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, yeah, how did well, that happen? Sure. You know, I mean, we get, <laughs> we get show offers all the time in Italy and uh, Germany and uh, uh, Australia. And I mean, like but, uh, in, in Japan, like, but we don't like, it's just monetarily. It's just crazy to get there. Yeah. You know, it, it, but we get those show offers, and that's that's it. that's pretty rad. Mm-hmm. And and the only way I can, the only reason why they might know who we are is because maybe our song was placed in some type of like advertisement that they've seen, and we got we were able to get, or uh, because they stumbled across us on like Pandora, Spotify. Like the thing that helped us a lot is like whenever Soul came out, like we were on Pandora premieres for like mm-hmm. a, like a week oh, or two. I remember that. That. Yeah, and 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 I remember seeing the numbers of how many people listen to our band, and it was astronomical, man. I forget what that number is, but like I was like, "What? This is crazy! <laughs> this many people have listened to our record." And 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 Pandora was like very. I mean, we were we were in, uh, talking to them in the process, and and they were saying like, "This is very good," blah 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 blah, and all this stuff. And then and, and I was like, "Oh, we'll definitely see like those likes on Facebook go up," and they didn't really. Yeah, and it's just so funny, like. And they they would say like oh it, it, they would even tell you like how many people like when the record started how many songs they listened to like how how often they uh, like uh, what songs they'd skip ahead on and stuff like mm-hmm. that so it's actually kind of a cool thing to look at and we got like I think we got like people would listen to about six or seven songs out of the whole record which I think is a pretty uh, they were saying that's a phenomenal number and because they say most people listen to like one or two and that's it. And so for us, we were like, oh, this is huge. We just gained hundreds of thousands of fans. And then, and maybe we did. Maybe they still know the name Ravenhill. Maybe they still follow it. But, but numbers online don't reflect that, you know? And, and so that's just interesting. Yeah. And you could be bummed out about that all, all the time, or all you want, but it's not going to change it. The best thing I can do is just keep putting out good music, or, or at least what I think is good music, and good art, and, and try different ways to like, get people's attention and, and, and have fun in the process. I appreciate you uh, taking time out of the day to talk to me. And um, what where I mean, where should fans go to keep up with Ravenhill? Facebook, like Facebook. Is that what we, we come down to? Uh, <laughs> let's, let's do Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Go like Facebook. Now at the end of the day, man, like uh, Facebook is like our, our main website. I mean, like, I don't know. When's the last time you went to uh, Ravenhill? What was it? Ravenhillband.com, Ravenhillmusic.com. We have both those. Have you been there ever? I honestly don't know. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not mad at you if you haven't because I I run the thing and I haven't mm. been there in in a month. You know, um, so it's like one of those things where like everyone goes to their Facebook, everyone checks out the Facebook events, blah blah, blah and that's fine because that anything you can find out about us is either on our Facebook, Instagram. Facebook or Instagram. So follow us on Ravenhill Music, uh, at Ravenhill Music on Instagram and, and Twitter or whatever you, whatever you prefer, Snapchat. And um, and Facebook, it's uh, Ravenhill, all capital words, uh, capital letters, and capital words too. And, um, and uh, we'll be dropping uh, – well, I mean, you'll be able to follow us on Spotify. I mean, that's a good place to yeah. – uh, very true. I, I follow. Notified. That's the best way to keep up with <laughs> the new releases yeah. coming out. Is you get noti- 
and go check out the hive if you're okay with uh with a, a bunch of guys navigating their own thoughts christianity music and even like wondering if it's okay to like say certain things and, <laughs> and um i mean it's definitely not safe for everybody but um and then my brother and i have a movie brothers podcast a movie podcast that that's fun and and has like ties in our our love for movies and uh, uh the argumentative side of each other and and sometimes we get in and uh we call ourselves out and we're jerks to each other and that's usually interesting to most people it's funny 